0: Hello, you're listening to the Leeds Sanctuary podcast. Leeds Sanctuary is a network of communities in Leeds City Centre, each beginning with encounter and aiming to embody sanctuary and justice, through which individuals and our city can flourish. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Leeds Sanctuary Encounter podcast. My name is David Goodall. I'm a Methodist Minister and one of the team at Leeds Sanctuary. The Lead Sanctuary podcasts follow our four values of encounter, sanctuary, justice, and flourishing. At Leeds Sanctuary, everything we do begins with an encounter, a conversation between two people, time spent together in one of our communities, a moment with God in worship or in the beauty of creation, an unexpected encounter, which is a blessing. It is in these encounters, momentary or longer, that we find sanctuary and justice, which enable our flourishing with each other and with God. In these Encounter podcasts, we explore different aspects of encounter, think about different places where we can encounter each other and God, and hear about the places and spaces where your encounters make a difference. In each episode we share in a moment of reflection, when we hear a story from the Bible, which includes an encounter that is similar to those we've been discussing, and pause to think what the biblical encounter might be saying to us today. Last time I was in conversation with Sharon Bright from the Canal and River Trust, and we were thinking about encounter and isolation. Sharon shared with us the work she is involved with around Leeds, helping people to meet others, and to move from isolation to inclusion. In a moment, in this podcast, I'll be in conversation with Councillor Ed Carlisle, who is a Green Party councillor in the Hunslet and Riverside Ward, as well as been involved in lots of different community activities in South Leeds. We'll be discussing encounter and community. How does being in regular community with others make a difference to the encounters we have? Have a think for a moment about the different communities you are a part of, Those where you live, those where you work, maybe those communities you are part of because you volunteer with an organisation or even a faith community you belong to. What sort of encounters do you have in those communities? Ed, welcome to the Leeds Sanctuary podcast. It's great to have you with us. Lovely to be here. To get us started, tell us a little bit
1: about you. What makes Ed Ed? Um, so, uh, I think I'm I'm very much an extrovert. So people make me, uh, and people have made me, and I'm sure we'll talk about that and talk about the encounters I've had over the years that have uh, have, have shaped me. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I'm interested in the way that we are all kind of a composite of every interaction, every relationship we've ever had and so yeah people and uh, an action I just I love I love Leeds and love being out and about in Leeds and engaging with a wide range of people and making things happen so over many years um, have just have had the privilege of yeah being alongside a lot of people and just kind of catalyzing stuff in the city um, and on just kind of getting getting involved in, in things in my community and things in the city yeah just, just good things in the city like repair cafe and a bike fixing project and Beaston Festival and South Leeds Life and just just lots and lots of things so yes I think action is a big part of me and I think Leeds is a big part of me so I came to Leeds in the 90s I fell in love with the city uh, I'm still here and yeah every day I uh, I love Leeds and love being part of the city here. This podcast is all about encounter
0: and encounters Can you tell us about one of the greatest encounters you've ever had and why
1: it was so great? Um, Yeah, this is a great question. I've I've been mulling on it for uh, the last few days um, and it was really, really hard to narrow it down and I'd love to... I've got a few that I'd like to tell but I maybe don't have time for them so I'm just going to focus on one. I think Mother Teresa said something like uh, you you can't do any great thing, you can only do um, things with great love. And... um, I think I was, it's a a bit weird, but I was really impacted by somebody in my teens, uh, somebody I was at school with, and I was just having a really hard time, like my dad had passed away a few couple of years previously, and I was just like not well with myself really, and and like being a teenager is just pretty rubbish a lot of the time anyway, you just don't know where, you know, where you're at, Um, and it wasn't like there was nothing dramatic at all but um over the period of about a year I just hung out with a particular uh lass at school called called Alice and we weren't even that close mates but I think we often it was at the beginning of sixth form and we were often on like breaks at the same time and the thing is like she I I don't think she had any awareness really and I don't think even I had an awareness at the time but the impact she had upon me just by being very kind to me Mm. um and just listening to me and just humanizing me and um Like, not making a big deal out of it. Like, I don't, I don't think she realized she was being charitable. She was just being human, Mm. like really human. Mm. And I think particularly for a teenager to do that is pretty remarkable. Uh, I I think she was certainly just a bit more, I don't know, just a bit more grown up than, than, than I was at that point. But yeah, in a really unflashy way, she just really nourished me. And I think it's come back to, it's come back to kind of, it's come back to me a bit in the last few years so I, I meant to contact her over many years and try to track her down and I think I looked on Facebook I couldn't find her and then I actually discovered she passed away oh wow um, a, a year or so ago uh, really like really young um and uh yeah and I wrote to, I wrote to her family about it and um but yeah, and, and yeah, and, and certainly when I heard about her passing, away, it kind of got me thinking a lot and about how we can all just make a really big impact on other people all the time just by being kind in our encounters. That's a really powerful story, and and it's really interesting how that's a story about
0: a one-on-one encounter. And today we're talking about community, but actually sometimes that community can just be formed by two people who are kind to each other, who who trust each other. I think I find in life that. Communities are made up when different people rub up alongside each other. You know, I, in different ways. I'm part of a, the community I live in, but I'm also part of a subset of that community in the playground uh, when I drop off at school. Those communities have the same people in them, and they, but they rub up against each other in different ways, but good ways. So you've said that you love Leeds. Uh, I know you love Leeds. Tell us some of those communities you're part of in Leeds, and how do they rub rub up alongside each other?
1: Um, just a bit of background so when I was when I was growing up as a child like my family we we moved around quite a bit like not I, yeah not all the time but we kind of moved several times when I was growing up and so um, I think as I came into Leeds in the late 90s to study I wasn't some I wasn't somebody who had a clear geographical mm. location and that's I, I have that all the time people say oh, where are you from and uh, and I, was like, I don't really know how to answer that and so I give a bit of a convoluted answer and people come to their own conclusions but yeah so since the early 2000s since I finished my studies I've been living down in Beeston down in um yeah down in South Leeds and and I love I love Beeston I love I love South Leeds and I love being in a location and and it's really I I guess it's really interesting for me then to spend a really good chunk of time and possibly a a lot longer still Mm -hmm. to come uh, really kind of investing and weaving myself into a community um, and finding location and finding um, yeah, just kind of really getting your feet kind of on the ground, and so I think yeah, South Leeds is um, and Beeston is kind of big for me. That's and yeah, and I really love being in a community where I walk down the street, and it's a bit cliché, but I, you know, pretty much always bump into people I know, and I, I, I talk shopkeepers, and I also I've got kids, so again, go down to the school gate um, and see people. Um, so yeah, like really, that's that's just a key. Community, and it's a really diverse community, um, just a lot of different, yeah, a lot of people from around the country and around the world. And so, yeah, really enjoy and and thrive on that. I spent quite a few years volunteering or working alongside refugees and people seeking asylum. Um, and so that's kind of a key part of, um, my journey as well. And there's, yeah, I mean, Beaston is a lot more than the refugee communities, but that's kind of one, I suppose, subset of people who, um, I love rubbing up alongside. And then over the last few years, have like it wasn't always the case, but over the last few years, have very much invested myself in local politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so have, yeah, have I'm kind of part of this green, um, uh, I don't know, posse, <laughs> uh, network of people, um, and that's that's great. But but also very much I'm, I'm somebody who's really interested in uh, trying to build a more uh, dialogic and pure plural. A political landscape a collaborative political landscape so i've got mates in other political parties and and value that and 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 now that i'm elected in the council um i wouldn't say i'm doing it in a contrived way but um i think i'm i'm, I'm probably getting out of my way to connect with people from different political parties and there are really good people from across um from across the political spectrum so it's good just to be kind of working alongside them and trying to build collaboration, just trying to build relationship with uh, with them. So there's something about this. It's definitely kind of invested in the Green Party, but also a wider political body of people. And and then I suppose, yeah, so my political journey has then meant that, whereas perhaps a few years ago I was, I was really focused on Beeston, I was Mr. Beeston, Beeston, Beeston. Beaston. Um, and I think because the, uh, although half of Beeston half where I live is in my, uh, council ward have then in a nice way been obliged to then kind of step into Hunslet um, and also step more generally across South Leeds I've also been the parliamentary candidate for Leeds Central okay. so have ended up connecting with people across Middleton, Belle Isle, Hunslet definitely kind of the city centre which again I had connections here anyway but city centre through the council staff and Holbeck and so on and Cottingly so yeah just really yeah like I said at the beginning just love people love being out in the community love just trying as best I can to kind of support what people are doing because you, you can't spread yourself too thin, you can't do everything. But yeah, just being in the community, being invested with a wide range of people, um, just enjoying the, that dynamism of life.
0: That's great. And, it, and it's wonderful to see how you know that, <laughs> with those political communities, those school communities, those refugee communities, those localities, they cross. And, and that's where we all rub up with different people. So what
1: do you think makes a community a community? I think that um, I think interdependence is the key thing I think we the default of our society is towards independence Mm. and I think to an extent yeah to an extent that's sustainable but maybe it's less sustainable than ever at the moment with the cost of Mm. living crisis and everything and I actually think that when yeah like you can have communities where everyone just knows one another and that's fine and that's but I think to go deeper when you can start to build cooperation, and again, this comes back to the action thing. Like, um, there's there's that kind of adage which is a team comes together around a task. I'd say a community comes together around a task. Like, if people are rubbing alongside one another but aren't really interdependent or aren't really collaborating together, that's that's okay. But it is quite a shallow. I think it's often quite a shallow and quite a fragile form of community. When people are really depending on one another and really like you because you're delivering a project together or you're car sharing together or you I don't know you put your bins out for another because you know people can't put their bins out or whatever just like Mm. or share you know sharing food and oh can I have some tea bags whatever whatever I just think kind of that level of interdependence is good and I think we should be aspiring to go there and take risks and not just settle for being nice to one another Mm. Um, and also I think an interesting thing is often people invested in community work or indeed kind of um, yeah, yeah. The community work, or perhaps particularly people from faith communities, often I think kind of slip into that thing of being, well, I'm I'm the charitable one, I'm the, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, the, I'm helping you people, um, and actually I think there's something so important about allowing yourself to, to be interdependent, and allowing yourself to be, or, and at times to be dependent on yeah. others, and to allow yourself to be helped and supported, yeah. um, and that's just it's empowering and it's good for everyone, and it builds better community. I love that South African concept of Ubuntu Mm -hmm. that I can only be
0: me when you are you and we can only be us together when we each play play our own parts. And, And I love that idea that actually to be community, we have to engage in that collaboration. We have to engage with that, actually giving up our control and saying, actually, I need you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 there was a beautiful moment last night on Facebook in the community I live in where somebody posted, you know, does anyone have a light bulb? It was a really sad story. You know, my last light bulb's gone and I, I haven't got any money until until payday. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was just beautiful to see the number of people who said, where are you? Of course we have, we'll be round with one. I suspect this person has got more light bulbs than they need, but that's great. And and it was that sense that that willingness to say in a public forum actually, I don't know you, but in this moment, this is my need, have you got? Mm-hmm. And it was great to see the response. Uh, I didn't go because others went, but but I would willingly have gone for someone to have that, that yeah. light.
1: And, and and can I just add to it, and I... Um... <laughs> I'm not advertising anything in particular. But it's really interesting because I think social media can be really negative. Mm. But I also think that social media can be really remarkable for exactly this, mm. for building communication and therefore building community. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's an encounter, wasn't it? It was an encounter with the
0: unknown. But what are the sort of encounters you hope for in the communities you're part of?
1: Well, it's interesting actually because now I haven't, I hadn't planned to talk about this, but so some of the best interactions that I've had, maybe they've even count as great encounters, uh, best interactions I've had over the years have been, I've been part of some really phenomenal political debates, not party political, but yeah. d- political debates, political social debates on social media. Um, not particularly on kind of some, not necessarily on my wall with my mm-hmm. friends, but in, in groups. Um, so there was one where we were just uh, over about a week or two, just having it all out about um, climate change and extinction rebellion and were they right to be blocking the bridge by Bridgewater Place. And then on another occasion there was a big debate about travellers and on another one there was another time that I remember we were talking about refugees and people seeking asylum and the rights the rights and merits or challenges of that. And I just remember quite a wide range of people from those groups who wouldn't many of whom I'd never met and, and some of them I still haven't met. And you'd never get those people in a room together to come to some kind of public debate. And it was nice because you could do it and then go, well, I've got to go to work now. So, But you come back to it and you know, it's, it, it's, there's some more people contributed. and it was feisty at times. There were people being a bit aggressive, or whatever. But I, I just think if you're tenacious and you, like somebody said to me when I first got involved in the politics, they said, you need to have a mantra, which is just kill people with kindness. Um, and that's useful. So I just, yeah, you just, you poli- yeah, politely, but forthrightly, you come back at people, whether face to face or more often keyboard warriors. And you just kill people with kindness. And, and then if you do that, you can then create some quite generative debates and quite important debates. People need to be able to have this kind of respectful dialogue where people can disagree and disagree well. So that kindness almost
0: draws people in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I guess one of our hopes at Leeds Sanctuary is that as we enable encounters, as we have our own encounters, that we invite others to be involved with the communities we've got.
1: How do you encourage people to get involved with the communities they're part of? I think there's something really important just about modeling it was interesting so just just a couple of days ago there was a particular little ginnel little passageway in beeston and it was it, it'd been left in a bit of a mess and somebody dumped these big branches in there but funnily enough i needed some branches i need some i needed some long bendy branches because i was making like a woven fence so i was like the weather wasn't great but i was said like, oh you know what i've said to those people i will go and kind of take those branches I said they want them so I'm a man of my word so I'll go and do it so I was there and it was drizzling a bit and I was thinking is this the best use of my time really as a counsellor actually should I just be sitting at home like answering my emails that I haven't read and all this kind of stuff but then I got talking with people some of whom I knew some of whom I didn't who were passing and then one lass who lived right next door she then came out with a broom and she, she joined in and this other guy turned up who's from um he's a mate of mates of mine from the Kurdish community and we'd been out litter picking before and he came and joined and said oh you're doing litter picking this is great I've been doing some more litter picking and happy to join you now so then there were three of us and I was like oh this is interesting because like yeah I think if I hadn't well obviously if I hadn't been there then the other people wouldn't have come out and and then also the interactions we had talking about the ginnel like with the lass with the broom and also other people like what could we do with this space and so I think there's something really important about just just modelling, and also on that basis, I think social media is really important because it's a really good way to communicate. Uh, I think it's really important that we the stories we tell are as significant. I think as the actions we take, because I think it's modelling something. It's telling people, it's telling a different story about uh, about ourselves, and our communities, and our, our potential in communities. You've been elected as a councillor. We've talked a little bit about that this morning. Political encounters can be very different and
0: you've talked a little bit about how you're trying to make the political world more dialogical. Um, But how are you finding the encounters that have come out of being a councillor? You've now got the label, Ed, not just Mr Beeston, but Councillor Ed, Mr Beeston. What's that been like?
1: Yeah, just really, really good. Like Because I've been doing this for quite a few years and I've been campaigning for quite a few years and slowly building up, I think lots of people thought I was the councillor before now. Um, And some people think i'm the mp um i think there is just there's a general kind of fuzziness about kind of the political sphere but now, i mean for the most part it's really good and and i think i just i do both in our you know online and offline and in our uh, leaflets that we put out, I just do try to do try to be really positive so i just get lots of positive positivity back so i was doing an errand the other day picking up just a couple of days ago picking up a whole load of unwanted pastries from a particular bakery for our youth project and the uh the last behind the counter was like, oh, I know you, you're Councillor Ed. And I was like, oh, hi. she was just, really, it was just really nice. And that was, and then she had to get on to the next customer. So, so yeah, really positive. I think there are sometimes, of course, challenges. Like I think, uh, yeah, as I said, I'm trying to build good dialogue with people from the different political parties. I think sometimes that's difficult. I think sometimes it's unwanted. Um, but I think that I'm really, I'm really okay with conflict and conflict's okay and difference's okay. And I think, yeah, I don't think a book or yeah a book that really impacts me was um a book by by called adam kahan called power and love and it says to be part of effective social change you need to do power work and love work and one on the, either on its own is degenerative but yeah love work is about bringing people together power work is about saying actually no i'm not going to do that or no i'm not w- you you are you are different on this so i think there's something really important about balancing them and being at peace with those different um vibes Ed,
0: you know that Leeds Sanctuary is a project of the Methodist Church, that we're the Methodist Church here in Leeds City Centre. Um, and you're also part of uh, church communities in different ways. What are some of the encounters you find through the church community through Leeds Sanctuary?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, so I am a, a, um, a not very uh, faithful and regular kind of attendee at um uh some of the churches in 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 beeston down south leeds but i yeah my my faith is really important to me and um but i think yeah so i I sometimes attend the services and that's and that's good and i really love the diversity of the the uh the church communities around around beeston and but i also i try to be someone who kind of weaves between the congregations so um I just last Sunday, I went and visited quite briefly in some cases, quite a few of the uh, the African majority uh, churches around Beeston. And I've been doing that over the last few years. And um, yeah, relationship takes time. And I, I wouldn't profess to be kind of best mates with um, members in those communities. But nonetheless, I'm developing warm relationships with those people. And the thing that I really went to visit them all about was saying, there's stuff that's happening and if you want to be part of it, then that'd be great. If you don't, that's cool as well. But, you know, let me know if you ever if you ever want help, but also if you want to be part of the letter picking, if you want to be part of the Lantern Festival we're doing, if you want to be part of um, kind of all these community meals or whatever, all these things we're doing. And so I really like the action. I think sometimes church can become too, um, I don't know, I think it becomes a bit stale when it just becomes the gathering Full stop. Uh, I think I think the church is at its best when it's dynamic, when it's collaborating, when kind of being interdependent with its wider community. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed being part of collaborations, be it on kind of litter picking or this Christmas lantern festival we do every year, and many other things. Uh, or yeah, you know, working with um, yeah. At the moment, I'm refurbishing a a house. Um, for destitute people seeking asylum, and I'm, I'm helping to do so rather, um, and and a guy who who from the Christian community up in North Leeds, um, who's just retired, got in contact by a very circuitous route, saying, "I hear you're doing this house. Um, I, I'm just retired. I'd, I'd love to come do some decorating for you." And I said, like, "Boom! That's amazing." So so he came down, and again, like it was just, yeah, it was just a nice kind of weaving together of people from across the city, being a bit being inter- interdependent. Um, and being, I suppose, a dynamic community as opposed to this kind of gathered community that just exists for its own benefit. Ed, thank you. It's been great to chat about community and encounters. And we wish you
0: all the best as you serve and live and work in these different communities. We move now to a time of reflection using a biblical story. Our story today is about a community of people who encounter each other through their shared work in a vineyard. It has an interesting message about who is first and who is last. Have a listen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave you, Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I wonder what the reaction would be if this parable took place in Leeds City Centre in 2022. If each day those seeking workers went to the market or the corn exchange and employed those who were there. I wonder what the reaction would be If they went back again and again to find workers during the day, then paid them all the same wage at the end of the day, irrelevant of the amount of work they did. I imagine there would be much discontent, much frustration and probably a few choice words. In fact, that was very much the reaction we see in the parable, although those who worked all day were reminded that they were being paid what they'd agreed to be paid for the work they were going to do. I'm not sure what a fair pay tribunal would say about the approach. Setting the questions about pay aside for a moment though, in the story, a community is formed, a community of people who work in the vineyard. It is a community which is added to through the day. When the landowner goes back at three and five, he meets people who no one else has hired. The commentators tell us that those were probably the people on the margins of society. Those who businesses didn't want to hire because they were seen as outsiders. Possibly those with particular needs or disabilities. The landowner, who at first we maybe see as a bit unkind, wants to include everyone. Wants to the community to be diverse. Wants those who others struggle to employ to have as much financially as those who find employment easily. The community in the vineyard is one of inclusion, one of diversity, one where all are welcome, one where encounters between people from different backgrounds and perspectives can take place. In this story, I see the sort of community I would want to be part of, the sort of community where rich encounters take place between all people. under wonder what sort of communities you are part of, And what sort of encounters you were able to participate in that maybe you wouldn't be able to if everyone was the same. We hope this conversation and this podcast has helped you to think about communities and the encounters you can have within them. We'd love to hear more about your communities and share them in our next episode why not post a picture or message on social media using the hashtag #lsencounter so we can hear from you and share your communities with others in our next episode. In our next episode, which will be released in about two months, our guest will be Ross Maloney, the newly appointed CEO of Ramblers UK. And I'm looking forward to discussing encounters and the outdoors with Ross. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Leeds Sanctuary. If you have, why not listen to our other podcasts around the values of sanctuary, justice and flourishing. And don't forget to send us your photos.